Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's podcast, we are talking about self-awareness and how that impacts your intimacy in relationships. This episode is so intense and I am sitting down with my own mentor and friend to share about my personal journey and how important this work is. Are you wanting to be empowered in the bedroom? Are you desiring to become sexually confident? Are you longing to embrace and embody your sexuality? Are you feeling stuck and shameful for your sexual desires? If any of these resonate with you, then the Sexual Empowerment EFT, or Emotional Freedom Technique, is for you. EFT, or tapping, is a tool that is used to create quick and powerful shifts in the body helping you move through stuck emotions and limiting beliefs. In the Sexual Empowerment EFT Workshop, you will be guided through a powerful exercise to help you become the sexually empowered woman you are craving to be. October 26th, 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time will be when the Sexual Empowerment EFT Workshop is. This will also be recorded if you are unable to attend the live or to continue using after the event. It is time for you to embody and embrace the sexual woman that you are. I cannot wait to see you there. Joining me today is Melissa my dear friend and personal mentor. She is the woman that I started my personal journey on when I hired my coach. And we worked together for about nine plus months to really work on my self-awareness and develop tools to help guide me through life. And I'm so excited for her to share not only these tools with us, but talk more about the importance of self-awareness. All right, Melissa, I am so excited to be able to sit down with you live and in person to talk about self-intimacy and sexuality and how understanding your self-intimacy and being more self-aware impacts all of that. So let's just start with what does it mean to be self-aware? In general or with intimacy specifically? Let's do both. Let's do both. Okay. So being self-aware in general, this is a very simple definition. It's being aware of self, being aware of the words that you're using, being aware of the emotions that you're feeling, being aware of the behaviors that you're expressing. And not only just with self, also uh, the environment that surrounds you, the people who are also surrounding you, so just being very aware in that aspect. So that's kind of like a general definition of what I would offer when it comes to self-awareness. And now you want me to go ahead and say self-awareness, kind of my definition through the lens of intimacy, correct? Yes, please. Okay. So very quickly, I'd actually like to share one thing. Jordan is stretching me on this podcast right now because I am actually someone who's been celibate for five plus years. And my intimacy journey with self and partners has been, it's been a journey. So 
the questions she's asking me are going to be very new and I'm going to do my absolute best to answer these. So my, let's see, a definition of self-awareness with intimacy. I would really define that as, you know, kind of, again, being really self-aware and intimacy, in, in my opinion, can be something of pleasure in a sexual way, as well as just like an emotional way as well, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to mean like a physicality to it. So being self-aware is just being really self-aware in respect of what does intimacy mean to self, because I do believe that we all have different definitions of that. And understanding that on a personal level, what that truly means for you. And so I guess for me specifically, ooh, I'm getting really challenged by this right now, intimacy. So it's twofold here for me. Intimacy one. So when I think of with a person, with a spouse, that person is there and present and with me in the moment. We could be having a simple conversation or we could be in the bedroom. And again, their presence is there. If it were just with me, that's kind of the same thing. You know, how present am I with myself in my own experience that I'm having with life? And uh, the word right now, richness kind of wants to come through and kind of a vibrancy at the same time. I'm someone again, who really perceives intimacy as like, there's this physicality to it. And at the same time, it can just be a sense of you're really present in life and in your environment with yourself or with other people. Mm, I love that. And I think that to give the listeners a background story, you helped me a lot become more Mm self-aware. And the way that I use that in the form of intimacy was becoming present with myself Mm. when being intimate with myself and or partners. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with being in my body Mm -hmm. and being aware of my actions. And honestly, that's part of why you and I have talked about this before, but that's part of why I started deeper into my self-exploration journey is because I had a prior partner reach out and was like, Hey, you are not aware of how your decisions impact other people mm-hmm. and how your actions impact other people's lives. Yeah, And so that opened my eyes of, as to how my behaviors don't just affect me. Mm-hmm. And so that is where like the self-awareness really started. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to self-awareness, there are kind of four different types of self-awareness. Can we talk a little bit more about what those look like and how to really find where you fit within each of these categories? Mm, Yes. So uh, four archetypes of self-awareness. I'm going to go ahead and list out the four archetypes and really share kind of where they are coming from and give a small descriptor of each. And really what I would suggest is to listen in how I'm describing each of the archetypes and check in with self. So this is actually a moment for you to practice self-awareness as you're listening to me to sit and inquire within of what's really resonating. And uh, one thing I can actually share very quickly is be cautious not to allow your mind to try to define you in what I'm about to share. Allow your body to light up 
or offer you a physical sensation right now. It might feel like a warming sensation. It might feel like an open and an expansive sensation when I speak these words, and that will help you really understand where you might sit within these four archetypes right now. So the four archetypes are introspectors, seekers, pleasers, and an individual who is aware. So introspectors are someone who has a very high internal self-awareness, meaning you are somebody who kind of sits alone, or maybe you're even out in public and you are inside your head or inside of your body and you're processing what is happening around you. You might even kind of hear like some mind conversations happening. So there's a lot of high uh, internal self-awareness. There's low external self-awareness. So let me go ahead and kind of give a little bit more of a description of what this means. So an introspector is the person who is clear on who they are, right? So again, you are very aware of you on the inside, but they don't challenge their own views or search for blind spots by getting feedback from others. So that that's where the low external self-awareness comes from. If someone were to sit in a conversation with you and offer you feedback, you're very closed off to this. Someone who is a seeker, that is someone who actually has low internal self-awareness and low external self-awareness. So think of this as like the bottoms of the bottoms, right? This individual has no idea who they are, what they stand for, or really how others see them. So this person might feel very stuck, might feel very frustrated in relationships, in life, really in anything across the board regarding whatever life topic you're talking about. So you are very closed off to outside feedback. You're very closed off to, again, who you are, how you how you be in the world, how you behave in the world. Another word I like to describe this person as is they're very numb to life right? You're very numb to life. Another category, as I mentioned, were the pleasers. So this person has a low internal self-awareness and high external self-awareness. You might know this as the popular term as a people pleaser. So you're very focused on appearing a certain way to others or the outside world. Maybe you're trying to put on this specific persona. And yet, here you are doing this to kind of people please and to receive some type of acceptance from somebody else. And you are disregarding who you actually are on the inside. And then last but not least, this is what we are actually here to strive for in regards of this human life on this planet is to be aware. So we want to have high internal self-awareness and high external self-awareness. This is a person who very strongly knows who they are on the insides, very confident in how they behave, very confident in how they speak, and they are extremely open to outside feedback. They will listen to another's opinion or perspective. It doesn't mean that that individual who is a aware is going to fully take on another person's perspective about them. They're just there to sit and open and listen and kind of take that in and maybe see if there's any truth for them inside. Mm. While you were listening or listing those, I Mm -hmm. was thinking to myself, okay, where did I used to really fall in Mm -hmm. this? And it just screams pleaser. And I'm sure we've had this conversation or similar at some point, but Mm -hmm. as a pleaser, you know, I was always worried 
how is my professional field going to feel about me having this podcast talking about sex and sexuality? Mm. How do my followers on Instagram, what do I appear like to them rather than just being my authentic self Mm -hmm. and really honoring my own self? There's been a handful of different tools you have shared with me Mm -hmm. to increase my self-awareness. What do you think is like the best tool for somebody who wants to start becoming more self-aware or who is maybe like me where it was brought up that, Hey, your self-awareness is, is not there. It's Mm -hmm. not ideal. I guess you could say, what would you recommend for somebody like that? Yeah. There's two, uh, two small practices that I highly suggest to begin kind of your self-awareness journey. And these two practices, Jordan actually had the pleasure of going through. And these are practices that I even still do to this day. So, you know, this is something that I used to do when I first started my own self-awareness journey. And I'm seven, eight years into all of this, and I still focus on these two practices. So they're basically the basics, if you will. The very first practice is all about connecting to your five senses. So it's considered sensory work. So we have five senses. We have our sight, We have our smell, we have our taste, we have our sound, and I always get this last one, our, did I say touch already? So with all of our five senses, I say, let's activate them. So what does that mean? You're going to spend two minutes with each of your senses, and you're going to activate it during those two minutes. So let me give you an example. If you're going to activate your sense of smell, you're going to pick up an essential oil, you're going to light your favorite candle, grab your favorite perfume, body lotion, something with some type of scent, very strong scent. And what I always suggest is closing your eyes so that way you can heighten the sense of smell. And you're just, you're going to smell whatever it is that you have there for two minutes. Take your time. This is not a uh, process that you're going to sit and rush into. Uh, And you're going to do this for all five of your senses. So the sense of taste, grab your favorite beverage, grab a piece of chocolate, grab your favorite food item. Again, close your eyes, take a bite or a swig of whatever the drink it is that you chose and allow it to sit on your taste buds for about a minute or two and let that sense activate. When you start to activate your senses, you're starting to activate your body. You're starting to activate the internal environment, that internal self-awareness. And that's where self-awareness comes through. And when you have also activated that internal self-awareness, you will start to notice there is now an activation of the external self-awareness. You start to become a little bit more aware to the outside environment. Maybe if you're like outside in nature in your house, or if there's a person in front of you, you really start to become activated to what's going on and what they're communicating, how they're moving or how they're behaving. So that's going to be the biggest and best practice. And then to pair that, I always recommend 10 minutes of pure stillness, 10 minutes of pure silence. And this is always challenging when I give this to people because we live in this day and age where things are constantly going. There is constant sound on all the time, especially with the advancement in technology these days. So When it comes to 10 minutes of stillness, put your cell phone away, turn the music off, everything, any sound, remove it. Sit with yourself in silence and you may feel uncomfortable 
And at the same time, it's giving you that opportunity to, again, increase your self-awareness of what's going on inside of you, as well as what's going on outside of you. A very quick thing to just note with that stillness, you will notice mind chatter in the very beginning. That absolutely will subside when you continue to sit in that practice of 10 minutes of stillness. Mm, I love those recommendations. And those were like the first couple of things. I remember the first time you told me to do 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. you actually were like, start with five. Yeah. Because I, my mind's constantly running. I Mm -hmm. had never sat down in my life period. Mm -hmm. I've been a doer. I've been always going, going, going. And it's amazing what happens when you sit down in stillness. And I found in business, you know, through doing these things and and working with Melissa, that when I sit down is when I have the most creativity and ideas come through. And honestly, when I sit down in silence in the morning is where my social media content comes from. It's like, this is what you're going to talk about today. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, most days I don't have a, a game plan. Yeah. Let's just be honest. It just It's whatever it feels like, whatever I feel like that day, but it usually shows up when I'm sitting in silence. Mm-hmm. The five senses, I love connecting with the five senses. And I love using that with my clients mm-hmm. because that is also so important when it comes to intimacy. Yes, it is. <laughs> because <laughs> you are receiving pleasure from these five senses mm-hmm. and literally that's it. Mm-hmm. And so if you are used to maybe tuning out all of these things and not noticing it, when you get into the bedroom, it's going to be the same thing. You're not going to notice the way a certain type of touch feels different than another. Mm-hmm. You're not going to notice how that actually feels and smells and all of that. And so a lot of the women that I work with have a difficult time being present during sex. And I'm sure the reason why I attract them is because that's exactly where I have mm-hmm. been and that I was having sex with a partner and they literally said to me, you're not here. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm not here. Like I'm here. And then it dawned on me. I'm physically here. But other than that, no other part of me is here. Mm-hmm. So those tools are so, so helpful and have been amazing for me. I mean, I can completely relate to that as well. I remember for so many years, I was not present, right? We both really sat in that archetype of people pleasing. And so I just remember being in the bedroom with my spouse. It was always about them. Yes. And right. And again, I thought I was here and... I never received that feedback from my partner of like, you know, you're not here right now with me in the bedroom. I think they were just so stoked because I was constantly focusing on pleasing them, pleasing them, pleasing them. Mm. And I received and I remember that I, I was not pleased with what I was receiving. I could tell that they were happier. They received a lot more from that experience in the bedroom than I did. So, I mean, that even started to take a toll on my own self-worth. You Mm -hmm. know, it started to take a toll on so many other things on an emotional level. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming through for me right now is the performance in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we... I've been a performer in the bedroom a lot of my life. And yeah. I'm here to put on a show. Yeah. And that you are here to have a good time. And I'm here to people please you in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did for so long. 
And once you really step into a place of asking what you want, being aware of what you want, right? because that's 90% of the battle. If you have no clue what feels good for you or what you want or what you want to explore, the experiences that you want to have, you're not going to be able to have them. Mm -hmm. And kind of helps you get out of that performance mode ultimately too. Yeah. Yeah. I was very much a performer. I was a performer there. What I've discovered now, because I've been celibate for five plus years and there's been a lot of learning on just self with self-pleasure. So what I'm learning now is I didn't know all of the ways that I did love to receive pleasure. So, right. There was that lack of self-awareness. I, and because there was that lack of self-awareness, that communication was never happening. But even I do remember times in the bedroom, I did know there were some things at that time I was aware of like, Oh, I do like this. I do like that. But I never spoke up about it. I never said a Mm -hmm. damn thing. Even when I knew a few of the things that I loved and enjoyed and that I wanted, I never communicated it because I thought I would be too needy, that like I would be perceived Mm. as too needy or that I would upset my partner in some way by asking for what I wanted in the bedroom. So it was still very directed on that person. This is so fucking good. Yeah. This is so good. So if you are... Like, how do you think that self-awareness impacts intimacy? Now, I believe it it heightens intimacy. It brings two people Mm -hmm. closer together because what I'm, and I am still learning this because I have not been in an intimate relationship for quite some time. So I know I still have much more to learn, but from what I'm learning right now, I'm interested in men. So I am understanding that they want to please me. It's one of their highest intentions and they want to be communicated in the most simplest way of, Hey, I want this or Hey, do it this way or Hey, you know, X, Y, and Z. And that's all I need to do. And it's that simple. And when you have a very clear and direct communication like that, someone from me who would be on the receiving end, now here I am, I'm fully receiving what I want and in a very like highly erotic state. And then my partner, my spouse, he's getting to do what he wants and to please me. And ultimately that makes him accept So now we are just heightened in what we're both feeling and it's just really bringing us close together. So again, I have not gotten here yet, but this is my picture in my brain of like exactly what's going to happen. And you know, what I've learned (laughs) is like our partners want us to be happy. They want us to be satisfied. And the thing is, is that a lot of us don't know what that looks like. Right. And honestly, like my Get the Sex You Desire program, that's 90% of it is what does this look like for you? Mm -hmm. What do you want? Because your partner is not a mind reader. Mm -hmm. Not all of us want the same thing. Like you may like your clitoris touched left to right and I may like it in circles. Yeah. And and it's not going to work vice versa for either of us. Yeah. And if you don't give them the playbook, if you don't give them the answers it's a lot more difficult mm-hmm. and yeah, you can figure it out over time, but knowing exactly what to do makes it so much better and easier. Yeah. Yeah. What's coming up. I, there's like a really strong word coming forth right now of incompetence. I believe 
that somewhere in society, there has been this narrative of when we speak up in the bedroom for what we need slash how we want it, that that we might be portraying this message of we think we believe the other person is incompetent when in actuality, that is not the case at all, right? It's Mm -hmm. just like when you're putting together Ikea furniture, you need some (laughs) damn directions to do that. And so like when we're in the bedroom, that's just what we need. We need directions. I need directions to understand how to please my spouse. My spouse needs directions to understand me. And that is it. And the outcome is that we're both feeling amazing from the pleasure that we're receiving. And there is a stronger connection because there's not mixed communication happening. We all know if we were just talking about a different topic right now, and we were talking about miscommunication, we know the resistance and like the icky feelings that show up with that, mm-hmm. right? So uh, just apply that to the bedroom when there's that lack of communication happening, that's what's showing up. But then when we get in a clear communication channel, we're just direct with both parties or multiple parties, however many people are in the bedroom at that time, that it really heightens the experience for everyone. Yeah. And yeah. also asking for clarification. Yeah. I think is important. This happened recently for me. This is a work related situation where I should have asked for clarification in the communication. And then it led me wondering was I right or was I wrong? And, or was that what, mm. what I was doing right or wrong? And that's the same thing in the bedroom. If you don't understand, ask for clarity, ask mm-hmm. more questions. This weekend, when I went to the kink and tantra thing, one of the exercises that we did, kink and tantra workshop, should I say, one of the exercises that we did was tell two other people our biggest fantasy mm-hmm. and give them as much detail as possible. And then for sensory overload, they whispered that into our ears the way that their story would look based on our desires. So, you know, if you wanted maybe like double penetration or yeah, we're going to just run with that one. (laughs) You know, you say your specifics of like, what do the individuals look like? Mm -hmm. What's the setting? Is this in public? Is it in private? What is happening? Are you tied up? Is there bondage? Is there smells? Is there lights on? Is it lights off? And then they ask more specific questions, you know, is this person or is this experience rough or is it sensual? And and you get more clarity and they ask Mm. more questions so that they can create that for you. And so I think that that also brings up that like asking questions is okay. Mm-hmm. Getting clarity is a-okay. Like just because they say they want rough sex. Well, what does rough sex mean to you? Right. That right. can mean something totally different to the two of us. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're all living different we all have different perspectives. So I, I've studied NLP mm. for a while. And for those of you who don't know what NLP stands for, it stands for Neuro Linguistics Programming. It's really the study of the mind. It's the study of the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and kind of the inner workings of what's going on up there. And it brings on this beautiful understanding that each individual has a different perspective on maybe what a word means, right? Just kind of what Jordan was saying, like, what does rough sex mean to me compared to what it means to her? And the only reason that our definitions are different, we've had different upbringings, we've lived in different environments, we both have different belief systems. And that's kind of like what the study of NLP is. 
giving that understanding that each person lives very differently. So there's going to be a very different perspective from each person. And that's going to trickle down into definitions of experiences and words. Interestingly enough, I found this in my business with the word sex and intimacy. Mm. And there's also the whole shadow banning issue, but people identify with the word sex and intimacy very differently. Mm. Some people think of the word intimacy as sex. Mm -hmm. Others think of the word like intimacy more as like connection. Yeah. And so all of our definitions are unique to our own experiences Mm -hmm. in our own life. And being aware of that is so helpful. And then again, clarifying, Mm -hmm. being more specific about what something actually means to you is all entangled in this Mm self-awareness aspect. Yeah. Mm, This is so good. Yeah. And so when it comes to like self-awareness and you do these exercises and you're on this journey, Mm -hmm. how do you get your partner or engage your partner in joining you on this journey? Mm, That is an incredible question. I always suggest inviting them. So when it comes to your partner, again, we have to remember that because we all have different perspectives, we all have different desires and wants. And so you might be on this journey of self-awareness. You're getting excited about it. And your partner may not even understand what this entire world is. Like, what is the self-awareness world? Let's say you're someone who's been listening to Jordan's podcast for a while. And so uh, you're understanding this, 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 this world that, that Jordan is in. You're kind of engulfed in it as well with her. And your spouse is just not even paying attention to anything like that. Like they're not receiving any podcasts or outside help or anything with their own sexual needs. They're just kind of out there living life, doing their thing, right? And so again, that's kind of where the word invitation comes from because nobody likes to be told what to do. So if you are this person in this world exploring your self-awareness journey and you have a partner who's not even you know, in this life lifestyle whatsoever, telling them, hey, you need to be more self-aware of your own body and your own needs, or hey, you need to be more self-aware of my body and my own needs. It's very kind of off-putting, creates a sense of, I guess, like restriction in a sense that they're not so open to be listening to you or to be wanting to partake in it for themselves. So that's where the word invitation comes in. And this can look like a couple of different ways. This can kind of look very indirectly, meaning you're sharing with your spouse your excitement about something that you've discovered about yourself or something that you discovered or heard on a podcast, right? Maybe this podcast specifically, something like that, right? So you're you're telling them a story almost. You're sharing an experience with them. And that is an invitation to then heighten their curiosity and their intrigue about this topic topic that you're talking about or this world that you're in right now that you would love to invite them into. So it's kind of like an indirect way. A direct way is you can straight up look at them in the eye and say, I've been learning X, Y, and Z. I would love to invite you into listening to this podcast or into this program or reading this book or this article for the purpose of 
what is the purpose to enhance the intimacy in the bedroom, enhance the pleasure that's happening between the two of you, right? So you can do it in a little bit more of a direct way. You will know what way based on the type of response that your partner really gives you when you guys sit down and really kind of start talking about sex and pleasure and intimacy. If there's someone that's a little standoffish when it comes to this conversation, you might want to do it in an indirect way. If you have a partner who's actually really curious and intrigued by things like this or intrigued and curious about the things that you are specifically interested in, a very direct way, I can going over very well with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me in my current situation, I'm very, very direct. Yeah. But I also think that if you share, if you start doing these tools, if you start doing these different things and you start sharing how you feel different, Mm -hmm. how this is impacting your life and take them on the journey with you, a lot of times people are going to go. So we talked about this early, early, early in our working together about Mm -hmm. how A lot of times the people around you will start doing their own journey when you start your journey. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about my mom many times on the podcast, but that's also something that her and I have talked about is Mm -hmm. that as I started doing more of this journey, she was curious about starting her own journey. Mm -hmm. And now we have so many conversations about our Mm self-awareness. Shit, we talk about intimacy, but we talk about everything. But so many things... And so even within relationships, sexual relationships, if you start the journey, a lot of times people around you are going to be curious and join you and share how you're being impacted. Yeah. Share that. Be open about it. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's open to hearing or changing their ways or doing anything about it, but that is a really great way to help bring them along. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would say just where we are at right now in society as a human race, I would really say that there is a sense of openness starting to show up on, I'm very much, I work into energetics a lot. So I'm going to kind of speak into energy right now. And that's kind of what Jordan was talking about of when you start working on yourself that those who surround you in your tightest circle, they start kind of feeling it and seeing it. And then they start changing on their own in that very indirect way. So yeah, that is a big thing that can happen. And what is also possible is sometimes your spouse doesn't even pick up on it. So, you know, pay attention to that, that, or just not necessarily pay attention, be in the know that when you go on your own journey, that those around you will pick up on it and you will see changes within them as long as they're making that decision for themselves, because that's what needs to be had here. And at the same time, there is a possibility that those who are closest to you won't even notice. What I will say in my personal experience in my life and uh, working with clients for 11 years now, a majority of what does tend to show up is if somebody is working on themselves, those who are in their tightest circle, they absolutely do pick up on it. And there is this indirect curiosity and intrigue and transform and change that does start to happen. Yeah. It's so interesting. I recently had a conversation with a good girlfriend of mine because my current partner called her after we started talking and Mm. was like, Hey, so Jordan seems different than five years ago. Oh, what happened? (laughs) What was the change? And she told him like, she is different. She did the work. Like she showed up for herself. Ooh, I'm getting emotional. <gasps> oh, I love oh, this. Oh my goodness, I never 
cry. I love when Jordan gets emotional. You guys, I love when Jordan cries. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was so like, so beautiful that like the people around me do see this. Yeah. And they're also intrigued mm-hmm. by the journey and curious themselves. Yeah. So it's beautiful. And obviously I worked with Melissa. It was so impactful and changed, truly changed my life. Like my life is so much more fulfilling now that I'm self-aware. I don't run around like a fucking rat race all day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I still do. It happens. We're but human, for the most yeah. part, you know, I don't have my life time blocked in 15 minute increments. When mm-hmm. we first started working together, 15 minute increments <laughs> for every little task because I had too much on my plate. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm at a point where like my whole schedule usually is wide open. Mm. And I do what feels good for me because I'm more Mm self-aware. But I never, when I started this, I was so unaware Mm -hmm. of how unaware I was. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was bad and it's worth it is what I'm trying to say is that if you are listening to this and you're like, wow, I never even thought about this concept and how this plays into every area of your life. It's not just intimacy. It's not just relationships there's so many aspects that it plays into and i mean even in my job my mm-hmm. job has seen, like i wouldn't say that they've necessarily seen it but i feel a difference with my job mm-hmm. and yeah so if you're listening and you're like wow i want to take some steps listen to the recommendations melissa made do the 10 minutes of silence connect with your senses telling you it's challenging. Those are fucking challenging. Mm-hmm. And especially the first times and you feel hokey. You feel like, what the hell am I doing? What is this woo-woo <laughs> shit? <laughs> but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's so worth it. That was so much swearing in one sentence. It's okay. And yeah, I challenge you to give it a try. You know, do 21 days of it. it takes 21 days to yeah. start a habit. Do it for 21 days and see what happens. Yeah. And the biggest thing I want to share into that and this Actually, I think this is something that Jordan had experienced too at one point. These two practices, it's the human mind, our ego. We love to create this story of like, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to add this to my to-do list, (laughs) right? And it's what I can share with you is that is simply your mind trying to stop you from changing, right? Your mind is here to try to keep you safe and all of the things. And so if you go to partake in an activity that's outside of your normal routine and your normal behavior, the mind starts kicking itself up to try to quote unquote protect you. Here's the thing. You're not in any grave danger when you sit with yourself for 10 minutes in silence and you remove all of your electronics. You don't have a wild coyote coming at you trying to kill you or anything like that. You're just simply sitting there in silence. And so your mind wants to try to remove you from that. So there might be this feeling of fear when you go to sit in both of these practices or this discomfort. And my suggestion is sit in that discomfort because it is only an emotion that is being kicked up in your body. And when you allow yourself to sit with that, that emotion passes through. So every single day when you sit in those two practices, it gets easier, it gets easier and easier and easier. And then you start to 
understand what Jordan was saying of how she feels so fulfilled now right? Her life feels fulfilling on any specific topic of life that she might be talking about. And the only thing she had to do was essentially quiet her mind, right? Through the stillness practice and and by showing up every single day for herself in that mm. aspect, she was really reiterating to herself that it's safe to be here and to partake in this new behavior to ultimately get to this fulfilled place. Yeah. Yeah. You totally made me have little tears in my eyes while saying that. Yeah. I'm very luteal phase. And so I cry <laughs> a lot in luteal phase, especially lately. I don't know what the deal is, but I'm not mad about it. I'm encouraging it. I'm welcoming this. Correct. But Good. so you had mentioned like feeling safe in my body. Mm-hmm. When we first started working together, that was one of the hardest things for me is that I didn't feel safe in my body. I didn't even know what that really meant. Mm-hmm. And so we had to create this sense of safety for me through all of these tools mm-hmm. that we used in the support. But it just feels so damn good when you do the work mm-hmm. and you trust yourself and you have this new like love for yourself. Ooh, mm-hmm. here they go again. I love this. <laughs> I am witnessing Jordan right now. She's in her body. She's in her feelings. And this is where fulfillment comes from, you guys. Jordan always wanted to, Jordan's pattern was running. Mm -hmm. And this is a pattern for a lot of people, right? That they want to run away from the discomfort, run away to numb out, to, uh, to not sit here and be in this moment of crying, right? Jordan is sitting here crying. And a lot of people want to run away from crying. For what reason? Something's been ingrained with us for years since we were a child, right? And so Jordan has allowed herself to work through that. And that's what's kicking up her emotions. She's in her body. She feels safe to feel. And she started to allow herself to get to that point because she started to connect into her five senses. She she didn't throw away the electronics, but she pushed pushed them aside and allowed herself to just be with herself and her body. Yes. Yeah. So fucking beautiful. Well, yeah. I'm so honored to sit down with you and talk all about mm. this. This has been a great conversation. Mm-hmm. If the listeners take one thing away from the conversation, what mm. would you want it to be? It would be to connect with your five senses. I mean, hands down, when anyone ever has a conversation with me or whenever anyone asks, where do I start? What's the biggest talking point here? Be with yourself. We have all, all so many generations, generation after generation after generation. We have grown up in this place and space of moving and going and numbing and distracting and entertainment. And so when you start to increase your self-awareness, you recognize that all of those things outside of yourself weren't actually fulfilling yourself. They were fulfilling your mind. And that's probably about it. But we as humans work through our body at the emotional level. So when you allow yourself to become aware to your body, to yourself, your senses and your emotions, life Life opens up for you. Life gets mystical, intriguing, curious, safe, happy, Mm. fulfilling, right? All of these words that we're sitting there wanting to feel on the daily, that's where that comes from. So practice that self-awareness. 
I love it. Yeah. Where can the listeners find you at? Oh, all right. So right now I'm actually in the process of rebuilding my business. In the meantime, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under my first and last name, Melissa Boleslawski. I'll make sure Jordan puts that in the show notes because yes. it's quite the spelling. I too will have my own podcast coming out. Do not ask me when because I do not know. Or maybe by time this episode is released, Mayan will be out. Because I know Jordan loves to record a couple months in advance. So honestly, probably type in my name for anything and that's where you're going to find me. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yes. This podcast is sponsored by Intimacy Coaching by Jordan Donnell. Have you ever desired more from your sex life or feel like you're having good sex, but curious about how to make it even better? Are you desiring a deeper, intimate connection with yourself? Or maybe you are dealing with desire and arousal concerns or struggling with communicating your desires with your partner. If you're hearing this and thinking, hmm, that might be me, and you're curious to learn a bit more, let's chat. I would love to talk with you more to see if working with me is a good fit for you. To learn more about intimacy coaching with Jordan Donnell, go to coaching.jordandonnell.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.